0: It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live.
1: Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did On
2: Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York. Giant Prime! And the Giants Mobile App. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's
0: go there like a bunch of dogs, Have some fun! Hello everybody and welcome to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants Mobile App. John Schmelk, Lance Meadow, Paul Dettino with you. The phone number is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter if you want to get in touch with us that way. You certainly can. The Giants with a 13-7 to win over the Philadelphia Eagles at MetLife Stadium yesterday. And guys, first of all, hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving and excellent holiday weekend. How are you? I'm doing, doing good. all right. I'm doing good. Jeff Eagles, not Paul Dottino. But oh, well, well, I said Paul Dottino. My bad. Jeff Eagles, Lance okay. Meadow, John Schmoke with you. My bad. I knew it was you, too. I talked to you before the damn show. Um, anyway.
2: Oh, Jeff, you've been called worse before.
3: Oh, sure, so. Way worse. Yes. What, has God. he?
2: Really? Are you sure he has? Well, really? that's considered a very high insult. But I'm thinking Jeff well, was taken a little John,
3: you know, yes. John. I No, it's Jeff. It's me jumping <laughs> through your line. Here we go. All
0: Sorry. right. Um, all right, guys, so let's get to the game here, and I guess I'll kind of open the show the same way I opened up talking or rather writing a cover theory on the website today, and that is a win is a win is a win, right? Last year when Evan Ingram dropped a potential game-sealing catch against the Philadelphia Eagles, no one was apologizing for it from the Eagles side, so the Giants shouldn't be apologizing for this today. The Eagles presented the Giants with opportunities. They took advantage to the opportunities, at least to the extent that they were able to win the game 13-7. to I wouldn't go around throwing parades, but it's a game against a division rival. The Giants didn't turn the ball over. The Giants, for the most part, did not beat themselves in this game. They allowed the Eagles to do a lot to beat themselves. And that in itself is a win because, Jeff, you know, one of Tom Coughlin's favorite phrases back in the day was, more games are lost than won. <laughs> and the Giants did a good job of taking advantage of Eagles' mistakes to go out and win this football game. So we can get into the housewives. That's what was good, what was bad. But the bottom line is, at least today, a win is a win is a win.
3: Yeah, I was looking. I was listening to Nick Sirianni's uh, press conference, and he sounded like just like any other coach. Uh, when you turn the ball over four times, well, you're not going to win the game. And so uh, it was nice to see another team to have the self-inflicted wound to go on and lose a game. Um, and it's good to be on the other side of that for once. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you look at it, the things that you said. John, offensively, uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, still millions of miles away. Um, Defensively, I mean, you talk about a team that really rose up to the occasion, and by the way, that's two two games in a row that the Giants have beat the Eagles, and they've been dominating the Giants forever. Um, It's a win in the division, which we know is important. Um, But when you look at what was happening in that second half, you know, this is a Giants defense that was without a Dory Jackson, Logan Ryan, and then and Holmes goes out. So, really, kind of had some guys step up. And I think when it's the next man up attitude or, you know, that we talk about it, those guys really did well. And so, uh, I, you know, kudos to the Giants defense because they just certainly won the game for them yesterday. Because offensively, nah, not a lot going on there.
2: Well, he only scored 13 (laughs) points, Jeff, so I think your point is well taken. You're not going to win many games under those circumstances unless your defense comes through, so I'm completely with you. What this game reminds me of, guys, is in college football, there's this label of style points that everybody has to consider, so it's not just good enough, right, winning a game. It's how you win. Fortunately for the Giants, style points don't enter the equation because if style points entered the equation, they wouldn't get many brownie points for their W yesterday. Because it was really an ugly, gutted out, grinded out till the very end of the game situation because the offense only manufactured thir- uh, 13 points. And I mean, think about this they had nine possessions, they punted five times, they had a missed field goal. So two field goals and a touchdown. That means out of their nine possessions, three times. They were actually able to put something on the board. Now the Eagles are shooting themselves in the foot too as a result of all their mishaps. They had ten possessions. They wound up turning the ball over six times because they had two turnover on downs in addition to their conventional turnovers. But as Jeff mentioned, guys stepped up in the red zone. Take Crowder a big interception right at the end of the first half. I thought that was critical. Eagles didn't get any points. McKinney made a few deflections, got his hand on the football. That was critical. But, once again, going moving forward, this offense is going to have to put more points on the board because, guys, what have we seen out of this defense? We've seen performances like this where they can hold the opposition in that mid-teen area. But we've also seen games Monday night when Tampa Bay scored 30. So, what happens when your defense has the bend and break philosophy? Yesterday was the bend but don't break philosophy for the defense. We've seen, though, the bend and break philosophy, and that's when you need more from your offense.
0: Yeah, and look, it's not like the Eagles didn't move the ball either, right? You know, the Eagles did, over the (laughs) the course of the game, did have 332 yards of offense. They ran for over 200 yards in the game, and I thought the Eagles, frankly, did the Giants a favor early in the game by not running the ball as much. And I thought they went away from the run in a lot of spots when they didn't have to. So the Giants' run defense has to get better, but they continue, and I know they did coming into the game. I imagine they still do. They lead the NFL in red zone takeaways, which helped keep the Eagles off the board in this game. You obviously had the two drops at the end of the game, which, um, by, by Rager, which, which helped seal the victory. But just overall, you know, I just think that the Giants need to continue to play better football on both sides of the ball. And to no one's surprise, that host the show, maybe to some of the fans, the change in coordinator and call, play caller with Freddie Kitchen stepping into that role as the play caller, Did not help things a whole lot. I mean, it was kind of the same deal, right? The Eagles front and the run game dominated. They couldn't get anything going. You know, Saquon Barkley had the one long run for 32 yards in this game. Otherwise, he had 12 carries for 8 yards. You take his his 32-yard run out of the equation, the Giants ran the ball 26 times for 38 yards in this game. It's not good. So even with the 32 6 yard, yard run, the numbers weren't great. Yeah, yeah, correct. Even with even with the 32 yeah. yard run, 2.6 yards per carry. Great point, Lance. Yeah. Daniel and Jones, 19 to 30, 202 yards, one touchdown. I thought the pass protection Jeff was a little bit better than it was. Uh, Much uh, better than the run blocking. It was certainly, but it was a little bit better than it was against Tampa. It still wasn't where you needed to be, but I thought it was better. So, still, again, just I thought uh, the offense. You need more. You need more separation, frankly, from the receivers. Even the catches they did make, it's not like guys were like running free and, and getting a lot of separation and were wide open. So you're right, the offense has to get better. But look, I, I still think this defense is not some like shut down finished product here. I think the, the defense need to continue to make strides. Jalen Hurts, I think, did him a lot of favors in this game. But the, you have to look if you want to go and, and win in Miami next week against a team that's playing well. And again, the Eagles were playing well coming into this game. They did not happen to play well on Sunday. I think the Giants did have something to do with that. You are going to have to start playing some better football.
3: Well, the Eagles' defensive front seven, they controlled the line of scrimmage all day, whether it was in the run game or the pass game. Yep. And we talked about that coming into the game in our pregame show, how really how dominant those guys can be with the rotation that they – and by the way, they were, they were mixing it up yesterday. I don't know if you noticed, but they had Cock playing outside – uh, they have Barnett and I mean they had they just all kinds of different things and Alex Singleton he dominated yesterday if you watched him play he had three tackles for loss and a pass deflection in fact that the team had seven tackles for loss and pen and ten pass deflections so you know that Eagle defense didn't play all that bad yesterday it's just their offense imploded and uh, Jalen Hurts I was listening to you know some of his comments and also uh, Rager's comments and they're just you know they're they took the blame for everything. Hey, I, I, I put my team in a bad position, which we've been there before with the Giants. We know you can't win when you do that. And, um, you know, that interception in the red zone by Crowder, heck of a play. But if you're, you know, you're Jalen Hurts, you got to throw the ball away there and take the three-point, sure. get in the ball at the second I mean, half.
0: Jeff, yeah, he kind of just threw the ball right to him. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> he didn't do a whole lot. When
3: somebody asked him that question in the interview, you could see him just melt into the chair like, oh, I mean I got to be better than that and you know and it's and honestly we know he's a young quarterback just like any of these guys are but you know those are learning experiences at the cost of losing games and um and we've been down that road with Daniel Jones and he's buttoned that up a little bit with his turnovers in the last 2 years but those are just learning and by the way you know the Giants don't care they'll take the win of in course. the division and by the way when you look at this uh <laughs> just looking at the headlines this morning what happened with the Cowboys um, there's a lot of COVID issues going on there re- right now. Chef, do not
0: talk about winning the NFC East.
4: Stop. No, 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 I'm, just, I'm not Stop. talking about that. Okay, what I'm saying
3: you. is is I'm just telling you that the Eagles had a good chance uh, to compete, I think, going forward if they had won that game yesterday. Yes, well, that's fair. Um, but to me, you know, the Giants just got a – we talked about it after the game. Howard and I did down in the coaches club. People were asking us about the playoffs, and we, we just refused to talk anything about playoffs other than it's one game at a time. And that's really all you have to look at, guys. You, you can't look ahead, especially when you're 4-7. and seven.
0: <laughs> And Lance, 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 very quick, I just want to pop in on something here because I went back and forth with a couple of Giant fans on Twitter and I told them i talk about the play. Jeff mentioned how the Eagles were winning up front a lot. That one play where Saquon Barkley got basically – Enveloped Ugh. and eaten by Fletcher Cox on that one run play, like immediately after. Ken and there was another the one, off, one too. There was another one by uh, tackled him. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I'm talking. It's like spe- I'm talking specifically about the Fletcher Cox play because a lot of people yep. are are killing Nate Solder for that and blaming Nate Solder. I went back and I looked at the tape. And, Jeff, you can – I'll try to paint the word picture for you so you understand what Where I saw. Where are we at in this game? Is it in the second it half? It is, I believe, 10 minutes ago in the second quarter, if I'm oh, not okay. mistaken. Okay. It is a Saquon Barkley run for minus four yards, Ooh. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
2: the minute he gets the handoff, Fletcher yes, Cox is there. Fletcher Cox is there. That was the play, Jeff. So yeah. I, I i will explain the alignment,
0: Jeff, so you have a feel, because obviously we're not in the same room. I, I can't physically show you the video here. But so Fletcher Cox is lined up on the inside shoulder of – Nate Solder. That is a tongue twister. He's on the inside shoulder of Nate Solder. Uh, Solder at right tackle. So Fletcher Cox is in that three technique, right, between the left guard, uh, the right guard and the right tackle. Excuse me. So the entire run play is slanting left. So the entire offensive line for the Giants at the snap is slanting left, which would bring Solder right to Fletcher Cox, right? So at the snap, what do the Eagles see? They see what the, the Giants are doing. So Fletcher Cox slants right on his rush. So he's slanting away from Nate Solder, lined up on Solder's inside shoulder. And there is no way for Nate Solder to get in front of him to to make that block. And you see when Will Hernandez, who is at right guard, who is, you know, so if Cox is on Nate Solder's inside shoulder, he's on Will Hernandez's outside shoulder, right, in that three-technique spot. So what you're supposed to do on that play, Jeff, as you know, you come off the ball. Hernandez is supposed to help chip Cox a little bit to give Solder a chance to get that reach block, right? So he can get around and and block Cox before Hernandez gets to that second level to get the linebacker. Well, all Hernandez does is put his hand out there and give like a little like nudge on Cox's shoulder pad, and Solder has no chance to get in front of Fletcher Cox before he can get to the running back. Now, I want to confirm this with David Dillon and Sean O'Hara. I have not seen those two guys yet today who know a million times more about offensive line play than I do. But you actually see Hernandez put his hand out there. So you can tell it's part of the scheme where he's supposed to slow Cox down at least a little bit to give Solder a chance to make that reach block, and that just never happens, which gives Cox that, you know, free line to the quarterback so you know you want to call that chemistry maybe I just think it's it's, it's probably one guy not necessarily doing what they're supposed to do on this on the assignment but I just wanted to you know people were just blaming Solder on that play and could, could Solder have done a little bit better sure but with the way the pre-snap formation was and the way Cox came off the line and the way the play was designed I just didn't think Nate Solder had much of a chance to to make that reach block, especially concerning how good Fletcher Cox is, quite frankly. Anyway, just wanted to get that out there, because a couple people on Twitter did ask about that play.
2: Well, John, to me, the other element in that play, which I think goes a little bit unnoticed, I can't make it out. Who was to the right of Solder on that play? Oh, uh, boy. Did you notice that? I can double-check that right now. Give me a second. If you can, I can't make mm-hmm. out the number, so I don't want to throw out somebody's name and then be wrong about I, that. I, I, think
0: it's, I think it's Myrick. Also. That's who I
2: thought it was, but I'm not so sure that was check. Myrick. I'll double-check. Yeah. Stand by. So the reason I'm bringing that up while you can maybe see who that player is is he gets blown up a little bit, and that doesn't help Solder because Solder now is getting pushed from the right side and the left side while he's trying to help out late. On Fletcher Cox. So the reason I'm bringing that up is just goes to show you, yes, when one guy misses an assignment, it absolutely hurts. But then when you have somebody else that can't handle an additional defensive lineman coming your way, you get sandwiched and then you have no shot to recover from that standpoint. So I'm just saying if anybody's going to go back and look at this play, it's also important to look at what's happening to the right of Solder on that play because he's getting penetration from the right of him while he's trying to rally late on Fletcher Cox, who clearly has already a step on him. And, Jeff, I apologize. It
0: is 1040
3: to go in the— Oh, um, I got it. In yeah, the, I, I got in my notes. I have here, Cox blew up Solder. Yes.
0: Well, <laughs> but, he, he, but he, he doesn't. Yeah, no, he but I just,
3: that's what I wrote on here. And more importantly, I mean, and it's a great description of the play. And, and,
0: Jeff, stand by just to clarify for lines. That was actually Evan Ingram on his, okay. on his right. Yep. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, by the way, it's the same thing happens to Ingram because Barnett— Gets to the inside of Ingram's shoulder at point. the snap, and he can't yeah. get there in time. So, just I think that the Eagles saw the play going left; all their defensive linemen slanted right at the snap, and the Giant players just couldn't get over you know, just couldn't get over in time. To be quite frankly, anyway, go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Well, no, what's what's impressive
3: about that? You know, that was a negative play, which, by the way, the Giants had a few of those uh, yesterday. Um, but they come back right away the next play on a third and seven they hit booker for a 17 yard first down you know so that's i mean i look at the negative of the play before well when you're grading the next play you get a huge positive and that went on that 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 extended the drive there on and that was third a screen, down those screen pass right if I remember yeah right. Yep. yeah and so you know then they take that across the 50 and they of course they go down and they score on that drive with the touchdown to chris myrick so i think you know to come back from that play was, was a good thing because a lot of times those negative plays get some people's heads. And, um, you know, the the I guess the advantage goes to the defense there. Now there's third and seven. They just blew up the, the play, and then the Giants come back with a good play call and do a nice pass to Booker for 17 yards. So, um, But, yeah, good identification because a lot of times, the, you know, what you see is not really what the whole picture is.
0: Actually is. Oh no, you know? obviously watching it live, we all thought Nate Solder sure. got killed on the well, play, I did. But 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 <laughs> but when you look at the pre snap formation, then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, how about that? It looks a little bit different when you watch it on tape.
3: Right, right. But you know, that offense, uh boy, they're they just you know, the the numbers that you just went over, the second half numbers and rushing is it's the uh, that's and I, I I just I don't know what to say it's just got I mean it's unbelievable this thing's got to. they say to changed something and listen I, I mean let's give let's give the Giants now a whole week of preparation under uh, Freddie Kitchens and calling plays now he got it you got a win um, and it was a good win and now he's gonna have a chance to you know kind of impose his his what he wants to do with this offense going forward a little bit further now you know so he get a little more preparation going into the Dolphin game
2: which is going to be a completely different defense, too, that they're going to have to solve because totally the Dolphins defense. are a very heavy blitz team. But yeah, I mean, you can't overlook the fact, Jeff, that this was a short, week, quick turnaround. They made a change in offensive coordinator. I just, you know, the other thing I look at from an offensive standpoint is the fact that they had four takeaways against the Eagles. They didn't score off of any of them. Okay. Now, granted, one of them was at the end of the first half, so you don't have any shot to score sure. off of that. So let's throw that away. But the other three, you had legitimate opportunities to score. I don't think there's any excuse with respect to that. You could tell me that, well, it wasn't like they were gift-wrapped an opportunity in Eagles territory. But, you know, a few of them were in pretty good, positive starting territory deep in Giants territory, closer to midfield, where you figured, all right, you could gain some momentum and at least walk away with some points, and they weren't able to do that. And I think that was, guys, a big reason why the Eagles were able to stay in this game because even though they turned the ball over like crazy, the Giants didn't truly make them pay. Because I'm going to go back to the number. If you were to tell me a team has 10 possessions, they turn the ball over six times in those 10 possessions, which means they have legitimate four possessions in the game, but you only win by six? Oh, yeah. Come on. I mean, that's not a comfort zone that you want to be in moving forward. That, to me, is walking that fine line between winning and losing, (laughs) the tightrope of football. Okay, That's what that is. And,
0: and, and Jeff, uh, real quick. You know this from being under Tom Coughlin. If you're plus four in a game and you only win by six, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, he, <laughs> listen, Jalen Rager—he dropped two
3: touchdown passes basically, and he did? you know, and yep. Boston Scott had a fumble. Okay, and then they get an interception in the red zone by—I mean, you realize that if none of those things happen, this this game is, is the Eagles, the Giants don't win this game. They and they really don't. I know it's kind of like what you're seeing, but but they did. And so I'm not ever taking a win away from anything, but the way that this game went, what you just said is like it's ludicrous. Thinking like, my God, where where did all the points come from? We only won by six points, and we had four takeaways. What's going on here? So, a lot, lot more to work to do there, guys. You really have to.
2: well, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jeff, but That's what okay. I was getting to was, I think, you know, and you trying to make sense of how this game flowed, and you're right, no apologies needed. The Giants won the game, period. Once again, there's no style points in the NFL compared to college football, but I think it's another example of what we've been talking about all season long where we talk about the Giants having those self-inflicted wounds that come back to bite them. Well, here another team did the same, but even when another team does it, it just goes to show you nothing comes easy for this team whether it be a win or a loss okay it's very very challenging to close out games the only game from a comfort standpoint this year was the Panthers game yep, right when they won 25 to 3 outside yeah. of that even the Raiders game which was their last home game that also came down to needing a strip sack when the Raiders are knocking on the door in the red zone so we've been through this we've seen this script the difference is is either the opposition once again, has that self-inflicted wound or the Giants defense bends but doesn't break in the end. That seems to be the script that the Giants have followed for the majority of this season. At Great least point. when it comes to getting W's. Yep. yep. All
0: right, guys, let's get to the calls. Two oh one nine three nine four five one three. Two oh one nine three nine four five one three. Hashtag Giants chat. The Delta variant is spreading quickly in all areas of New York State. People who are not fully vaccinated are at greater risk from COVID-19. Protect yourself, get vaccinated. Visit ny.gov getvaccinated get vaccinated or talk to your health care provider. Also, don't forget to secure your season tickets for the 2022 season for only 100 bucks. Limited seats are available. Speak with a Giants ticket representative now and become a season ticket member by calling 888-NYG-1925. All right, the phones are open. Let's get to them. Joe in Pennsylvania leads us off. Hey, Joe.
5: A early Christmas present for me. If we won one game the rest of the year, <laughs> I won the this one. I don't care what. This is a payback <laughs> for so many things. I mean, even last year, at the end of the year, they laid down so they could get the draft pick. I don't care. The Giants would have been in the playoffs. They laid down. So it, it's sickening. Uh, I All their their talk shows I hear and listen how bad the the Giants are. They they have the worst coach in the division. They have the worst quarterback in the division. They just stink. That's all I hear. You know, it it's it's sickening and there when it was a minute and twenty left or so or so and we gave it the ball back to them with no time timeouts when we were punting and everything going through my mind was uh is LaShawn Johnson, uh, Jackson going to be back there to run on back? Or uh, the miracle of the ends, me- the last play, are we going to fumble it? What's going to happen? Because it always does to us against that. And all I was doing was saying my prayers there, hoping that, you know what I mean, we could get through it. The one thing I could say about the offensive line, I, they, 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 it, they're it the they're the reasons You you could see it. They, I hate to say it, the only place. We have set there is is tackle for sure with Thomas. The rest is oh my God, but they didn't have a lot of penalties. They only had one or two, so thank God for that, really and truly. And uh, you know now they're blaming Rager and this and that because that was. Their general ma- manager Howie, that that was his pick there, where he could have took Jefferson, and they took him, and they get on him, and they saying that he shouldn't even be playing. They're all all, all their uh, announcers in that, and the only reason he, he's in there is because they, they want him in there so their general manager don't look bad. So, uh, but this was payback, and, and uh, <laughs> for just how many times that. We lost these tough games to the to the Eagles, and they have no respect for us. I could care less. They were going to run the table now, you know. I mean, especially after we stunk it up against Tampa Bay, we did look terrible. And the Eagles were running over the Saints and everything. We had no chance, and everything. They 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 have the Giants, they have the Jets. The Giants again, Washington. They're just going to run the table. That's it. They're in there. So, uh, hey. Paybacks are, we have a lot more to give them back. uh, But our offensive line got to get settled. You know, the the Eagles do have a dominant defensive line in our offensive line. You can see why Jason Garrett's gone, you know what I mean? But I don't care who you put in there. The offensive line got to give us a chance in the only thing I could say they didn't have a million penalties. So thank you for letting me throw in my two cents and no go problem, giants. Joe. Go Giants.
0: Thank you for
3: thank the call. Bye bye. Well, they only had two penalties on the day. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. So now
0: one, now, one bo- against
2: the offensive line.
0: Bo- both were costly though. Uh the one was uh I think it was after Ashley lands after one of the interceptions, right? Wasn't there a a penalty on, I think, a second down that pushed him back, and then there was a third down penalty later in the game or earlier in the game when they were in the red zone. I think, Yeah, that the actually false start on Scurro. Yeah, so actually, yeah. now that
2: I'm looking at my notes, it was actually two on the offensive yep, line because Andrew That's Thomas had the holding yep. penalty. Yeah, Yeah. so the Scurro one was the costly one, John. That killed their momentum when they got in the red zone.
0: Wasn't that Andrew Thomas hold, though? Didn't that come right after the interception where the Giants got the ball in, like, their own 41 or something like that, or, or am I remembering that incorrectly?
3: It was 10-45 in... Uh, in Left in the second quarter. 10
0: 45. Right. Was that,
3: right, was that Barkley out. had a 32 yard run? It was that series that they started off with. Got it. I have here okay. holding. Yeah, holding, yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah. Okay. John Scramble. Second 11. Yo, no, yeah. So it was yeah. a
0: big one because they were in field goal range. They had a second 11 on 42 yard line. Yeah. And that yep. pushed them back all the way to the 37. Then they lost three on th- set third down. They hit the punt. That's right. So and then there was a was tip a big ball. One. Yep. Incomplete. Then a punt. Yep. Yep, yep, yep.
3: Yeah, and then the
2: Scurro one also, you're 3rd and 2 at the Philadelphia 16. That was huge. And now it's 3rd and 7 at the Philadelphia 21. Hey, maybe you pick up a first down. Maybe you inch closer to a touchdown there. And remember, at that point in the game, it's 10-7, okay? So, you know, every point is critical, especially if you want to make sure that the Eagles have maybe multiple touchdowns that they have to put on the board if they want to come back. So, yeah, I mean, you could certainly point to both of them, could have been very costly in the end if the Giants' defense and the Eagles' combination of dropping passes didn't come to fruition. And, Jeff, we should
0: mention that Graham could actually missed the field goal, too, which is not uh, something we see very often. I know. Well, it happens.
3: It really does. I have a question for you both. oh So, wh- when we were talking about, um, you know, how other teams game plan for a team that's been successful, like the Eagles, in their running game the last four weeks. Yeah. So. Do you think that sometimes these coaches outthink themselves about what other people are thinking? Because when I look at this Eagles team, what they have did the last four weeks running the football, averaging over almost 200 yards a game, even though they got 200 yesterday,
0: uh, they come out and start throwing the football. Jeff, 10 out of their first 15 yeah. plays are <laughs> pass plays. I don't, so, I don't understand. Uh,
3: what are you doing? Like, so to, <laughs> me, to me, I'm sitting there in the press box going, this is a classic example of just just overthinking things, right? I mean, and I, I, we said it in the pregame. One of our questions was about the, the Eagles rushing, and then we knew that they were going to do it. The Eagles know that they can do it. It was just a matter of who was going to screw it up, and I think that the Eagles screwed it up at the beginning. But then they then they got some sense knocked into themselves and realized, okay, let's just go and run 12 times in a row, and oh, by the way, that's <laughs> who we are. It's incredible to me. It's absolutely incredible. I just sometimes think these coaches, they do. They overthink things. What is it? It's called analysis. Paralysis by analysis is what we used to call when when the coaches used to take us in. By the way, most of the coaches know nothing about kicking or punting. But they would take us into these rooms and and put the film on and start to to go over and over and over and over. And and we're sitting there as kickers and punters looking at each other like, what are we doing? Why is he showing this stuff? (laughs) He has no idea what he's talking about. You know? (laughs) It's just incredible
2: in one out in one ear and out the other. So anyway, uh, on that Eagles drive right before the half when they didn't score any points, they had a 15 play drive. They ran the ball 11 times on that 15 play drive. <laughs> yep. That was sort of like the wake up call possession for them. Even outside of that possession, there were times where I felt like they were having success on the ground, and then all of a sudden, midway through the drive, then they would start yeah. airing it out again, and it would completely suck away the momentum from that team. So I'm with you, Jeff. It was a bit bizarre in terms yeah. of whether or yeah. not they were thinking too much or they were just thinking, hey, we're going to catch the Giants off guard now because we have them committed to stopping the run. I don't know what it was, but well, Lance, if you— Lance, real quick, yeah, I,
0: I, I want to I give you a perfect example. It was the Eagles' first drive of the fourth quarter— they run it for six, run it for three, run it for four. They have it first and 10 on their own 48-yard line. Incomplete pass, pass for six, Hurts sacked for minus five. Why would you throw it three straight times
2: yeah. there? I just didn't <laughs> understand. Yeah, I mean. It was just a, a bit of a head-scratcher. And then the other thing is, it's no surprise Hurts, he attempted more passes in this game than he's had in terms of the last five total he had more pass attempts so that just goes to show you the volume in total for hurts you put your quarterback in a position where he was tested with his arm much more so than he had in the previous four games because they were averaging 44 carries a game now if you look at the balance the balance actually turned out to be okay for the eagles they threw 31 times they ran at 33 but still you were still 11 less runs than you typically had over the course of your previous four games. So you still gave Hurts a lot more volume of throws. And what happens? What are we talking about? The quarterback's putting the ball through the air more times. He's going to give the defense an opportunity to make him regret it. That's exactly what the Giants did.
0: Yeah, not to mention the fact the Giants had a sack. So add one more pass attempt to that total. And I'm sure a couple of those Hurts runs were scrambles, right? So sure. probably, oh, probably they he probably yeah. they probably actually did have more pass attempts than rushing attempts. Or pass or pass play. plays. Pass that were plays called yeah. rather than yeah. running plays called throughout the game. Correct. Alright, let's go back to the phones and go to Jamal in Dallas. He's up next. What's up, Jamal?
1: Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's up? Hello. So real quick though, so, this is not a good thing, but hey, I, I was I was somewhere right up by the Garrett thing. I knew that was coming at some point. But I'm I'm calling to ask about the receivers, and I think you mentioned it earlier, um, John. Is it our receivers not getting our receivers not able to get separation, or is it the route combination that we're being called? Or I mean, I know we don't have a lot of time with our our, our line, but I feel like every time we throw the ball, it's either a defender right there in our hip pocket, or you know, there's not enough room for yak yards to be provided. Where I watch other games, and I feel like. Man, receivers are open all the time. <laughs> Jamal, Jamal you know what?
0: I, I, I honestly think it's multifaceted. Um, mm-hmm. One, you do have to do a lot of quick stuff because of the offensive line. So you can't do as many double moves and, like, deep over routes yeah. and things like that because they take more time. That's number one. Number two, your two best separators in wow. terms of route running weren't, weren't playing in this game, right? Sterling, Shepard and Kadarius, Tony. Those are the two guys that are the quickest that can get in and out of breaks. So – your best wide receiver that was playing was Kenny Galladay. Kenny is not a separator. He's a contested catch size guy. So against man-to-man, you can throw the ball to him and get completions, but he's not going to be a guy that separates a ton against man coverage. So, And then on top of that, the Eagles generally will try to keep things in front of them, so they're not going to take a lot of chances, which will lead to a lot of separation. So I think, at least for me, Jeff and Lance, maybe you guys want to add something too. Those are the main things that I think of, but I really don't think there's just – one reason necessarily. But, I, but, Jamal, I will say this, and I think this has always been one fair criticism of the offense. They don't run a ton of, like, bunch sets and rub routes, and which can create some separation. I think the one play where you saw some of that, it was a third and seven, and they ran that, like, double cross where you had the shallow crosser, and then you had Ingram a little bit deeper, and that kind of created a little bit of traffic for the safety, which actually created a uh, chunk play in that game. So that was the one play where I think you saw a little bit of... The, of so a little bit of a rubber out, which which gave a little bit of an opening. But, but guys, at least for me watching it, that's why you don't see quite as much separation from
1: the receivers when you're watching the Giants. But okay. but don't we have – isn't John Ross one of the fastest guys on our team? He is. Like, I watched Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson on Thursday night fly by the defense, and they threw a deep ball to him. I mean – now, remember, like, he know, wasn't – remember played. Jamal, though? He wasn't wide open. He just got a bunch of pass interference penalties. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, the first play, the first play of, the, of the drive, he, it was a touchdown. Oh,
2: yeah, no, you're talking true. about the touchdown. That's yeah, yeah so but right that, was, that. that was, I believe, off a crossing route, and then he sort of wiggled his way around a defender or two up the sideline, if you remember. So,
1: so I'm trying to figure out, like, I, I see that we always do the quick pass because of the O-line, and we're depending on breaking tackles. One, we're not a good breaking tackling team. We don't break tackles. <laughs> like that so we don't get a lot of yards after the catch anyway, right? So I guess I'm trying to figure out, if we know we got a to like John Ross, whether it's in trips, bunch sets, whatever, you know, get him out in space, you know, get him over the top. Um, my other question is, are there a lot of teams, because, you know, when you're watching on TV, you don't get to see the full screen, so are they playing a lot of too high safeties where they're covering, letting everything just be... Well, Eagles, Jamal, we honestly, the Jamal. Did yesterday. Well, they,
0: and a yeah. lot of teams do that now, though. and and, yeah. and and that's most teams in the NFL now. That's what most teams have now. You know, every uh, Jamal, you know this, and guys, you know this. The NFL goes through <laughs> cycles, right? You had the Seahawks; they became really good running their cover three. <laughs> Everyone started running cover three. Now, the last couple of years, a couple of teams have had success running a lot of two safeties deep stuff, more cover two, you know, uh, two deep man under, you know, things like that. And you want to make teams sustain long drives. Why did teams start doing that? Well, what team was really successful because they made a bunch of big plays down the field all the time? The Kansas City Chiefs. So when teams start focusing on big plays, what a defense to say. All right, well, how do we prevent those big plays? So a lot of right. people have now adopted that bend but don't break philosophy where you want to stay too deep. And quite frankly, Jamal, another big part of that is that teams know that these offenses now aren't built to run the ball. So in years yeah. past, when teams would play those two safeties deep, even 10, 15 years ago, The other team was much. The opposing offense was much more capable, just based on personnel and the way they called plays and the offensive line ability to just pound the you know what out of them until you force the safety into the box. Well, teams aren't built that way anymore. Teams aren't patient enough. Play callers aren't patient enough to just run the ball against those two safeties deep. Heck, yesterday I was shocked when I watched the tape this morning, dude. The Giants were not bringing extra men into the box. Even though the right. Eagles had run for 200 yards for four straight weeks, they were still playing two safeties deep the whole game. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But you know what? And Lance made this point before. He's 100% right. The Eagles still decided to pass the ball more than they should have. <laughs> These
1: offensive coordinators, they can't help well, themselves, man. It's crazy. Well, we got we away we we with one yesterday, so we'll take that. But then my last thing is, how often is Galladay being double- um, on um, deep routes, is he doubled most of the time when he does a deep route, or is he even running deep route?
3: No, well, they don't have to double him because they, he doesn't get on deep routes because he doesn't have the the Jones doesn't have the time to throw it.
2: Period. <laughs> and, and Jamal, if you're going in the direction of, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but if the argument is Galladay needs the ball more, keep in mind he was targeted more than anybody else in yesterday's game. Number one, he had seven targets and. Most of his catches, which we've seen even before his high volume of targets, is somebody's on his back, and Daniel right. Jones gets it to him in a tight space, and he makes the catch because that's his M.O. He makes contested catches right. in tight right. spaces. He's not – Kenny right. Galladay is not the type of guy that you throw down the field for a 60-yard bomb, even going back to but the now, Detroit I'm days. For, Yeah, I'm not looking for that, but I am looking for him if he's one-on-one to be able to get those 50-50 balls. Well, I, mean, I no, think he's done for, that, I, and sure. he's done that.
1: Yeah. Now, Jamal, I, I would li- I would like
0: to see some more back-shoulder throws to Kenny yeah. Galladay down the sideline. We yeah. haven't seen enough of those, yeah. in my
1: opinion. Right, and that's the other thing. Is Daniel Jones capable of doing that? Like, No, is, yeah, is, I think he is,
0: and, and you know what? I think next week, actually, Jamal, is a good chance you might see him because unlike these other teams, because look, the, the back-shoulder throw is also a throw you really only use against man. Because if you, if you do a back-shoulder throw against zone, it's probably going to get picked off. So the right. Dolphins play a probably more man-to-man defense than any other team in the league. So if there's ever time to break out that back shoulder throw, it's going to be next week.
1: Okay. All right, well, hopefully we can get down to Miami with some nice weather and, and get another W. Hopefully it's not as ugly as we did last week, but, <laughs> hey, we'll take what we can. Hey, yeah, take what you can get, baby. Thanks, Jamal. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, yeah.
3: You know, yesterday, if you saw on the tape, you know, they played a lot of single high safety with the man coverage because they, they felt that their front seven – could get after the quarterback so they could go to that man coverage and talk about separation the Giants uh, receivers didn't get much separation because of that coverage that they were playing so you know and that's not every weekend against the Giants but for the most part that's what happened yesterday Um and you know Kenny Galladay you hit the nail on the head John he's not a burner he's a guy sees he's a tall physical receiver that wins those 50-50 balls more than he loses them and that's kind of where you're at it I know that I, I can't remember if it was – I think actually this goes back to when Shermer was here, when I was talking to Tyke Tolbert one time, and we were going, to, we were going over the back shoulder, the back shoulder throw and catch. And Tyke was telling me that Shermer doesn't, didn't like to play that, that he they didn't teach that. And so I don't know if that's a Jason Garrett thing, if it went – you know, they changed it. But to me, I agree with you. If you're in man coverage and you can, you can perfect that back shoulder throw, nobody – can defend the no, back throw. You can't stop it. You can't, but you have to. You have to practice it, and you gotta. You know, you gotta. You gotta rep it. So and because we're not out of practice, we don't know what they're doing. So, but it is effective if you can. If you can. If you can effectively execute that throw in games,
2: especially in the red zone, you, you're going to win.
3: You'll win more than you lose. Absolutely.
2: Because you either make the catch or, in all likelihood, it falls out of play, yeah. incomplete. So, I mean, it's really, there's a protective barrier that's built in on a play like that. So, for example, the Galladay target in the end zone, he had one-on-one coverage. And, you know, I thought it was tight coverage on him and Daniel Jones tried to throw it up to him. The other thing that jumped out to me, guys, I don't know if you noticed, Daniel pretty much eyed him down even before the snap. I mean, the Eagles, if you, they didn't know who was going to Galladay, then they, they should have had a sign up. I mean, it's my going goodness. to Galladay. <laughs> yeah. I well, mean, but clearly. Lance, remember, you yeah.
0: ha- you have to get the ball to your playmakers, though, well, right? Yeah, of course. Well,
2: <laughs> well But here they got it to their playmaker. And Philadelphia was in good coverage, and it was a one-on-one battle, and they were able to knock the ball away from Kenny Galladay. So, you know. I don't think yesterday was the game that you turn to and be like, Kenny Calde needs the ball more. As I mentioned, he got targeted seven times. He made three catches. You also, you look at how the game flowed. It wasn't a game where the Giants were forced to throw the ball an immense amount of times because they were playing with the lead for the majority. I just think with the offensive line and then... Just looking at the personnel around the quarterback, I think a big part of the philosophy is, and we'll see if things change now with Freddie Kitchens as the playmaker, play caller, excuse me, but it's about getting the ball in the hands of the playmakers and seeing if they get some yak yardage as opposed to trying to go for these home runs. And the other thing that's important to note is the way Philadelphia is going to play the Giants is going to be different than how Miami plays the Giants. It's going to be different how Dallas plays. So Totally you, different. You can't get into these philosophies. Well, they did this last week, the Giants. Why didn't they do it the following week? It's because they're going to react based on what defenses present them. And the Giants are not going up against the identical same defenses every single week. Maybe the fronts are a little bit similar. For example, Tampa Bay's interior, I think, is very similar to Philadelphia. But in terms of the back end it's not necessarily in the same boat. And Miami's very different, too. So I think you have to understand that just because it works one week doesn't mean it can be duplicated the following week.
0: Just, just to give you guys an idea, heading into this week, the Eagles had played cover one, which is single high safety, you know, man-to-man across the board, 16% of the time, which was the 25th most in the league. They played around the same amount this week. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins play cover one. of the time, which is the third highest rate in the league. And in terms of cover zero, and for fans that don't know what cover zero is, that is playing man-to-man across the board with no safety help at all. So it's just mano a mano, no help. They play that 13% of the time, which is the highest rate in the league. So they're in some form of man-to-man, and that's not even counting like two deep man under and, you know, combo coverages like cover six and things like that. You know, 45% of the time. So the Giants, and look, they can do it because they have guys like Xavier Howard, they have guys like Byron Jones, uh, yeah. Javon Holland is a really good cover safety, where they can do stuff like that. And they also, Lance, we talked about some the postgame show, they blitz more than any other team in the league. They run a ton of stunts. So how you beat those type of blitzes and coverages and stuff like that is, it's not the short catch and run after the the catch. You have to, if you if you're gonna have a team blitz you and play press man and man you up. The only way you beat that is by winning over the top, and you have to. Tony Romo was saying that during the uh, Thanksgiving game when uh, Dallas was playing Las Vegas. When a team is gonna play that way, you beat them by going over the top. So that's gonna be something they're gonna have to figure out a way to do against the Dolphins, given the way they usually play defense. Which, again, to your guy's point, is much different than the way the Eagles play defense. It's two totally different approaches, so your game plan is gonna be very different.
2: And the reason why you want to try to target a team like the Dolphins down the field is similar to what happened with the Raiders-Cowboys is even if you don't make the catch, maybe you have somebody commit a penalty and you get great field position as a result of that guy being all alone on an island.
0: Yeah, and by the way, one of the two teams that play cover one more than Miami, the Dallas Cowboys. 201-939-4513. Tony in Houston is up next on, no, I'm sorry, Robin Yonkers, Pearson, is he next? Or do you have Tony up ready? We're going to go Tony. All right, sorry, Rob. I will get to you next, I promise. Tony in Houston. What's going on, Tony?
4: Hey, what's going on, fellas? Can you hear me? I got you, Tony. Yep. What's up? Good, good. Man, it was ugly, but we got it. I'm, I'm very appreciative of it. That's all you can um, say, baby. We're with you. <laughs> hey, that's it. How you say just win, baby. Um, Patrick Graham has got that defense. We started off tough this year, but he's got this defense the last few weeks playing exceptional. Um, you thought they were exceptional perfect. against Tampa Bay? <laughs> I, I, the, the last few weeks, we, we, we'll call that one a stinker. <laughs>
3: we <laughs> well, in that case, you're right. Goat, I mean, right. yeah, going into the bye, they were playing exceptional. Uh, they they also they the also
2: the gave up 400 yards of offense to the Raiders before Correct. the bye, and the Raiders had six red zone opportunities and only scored one touchdown. Correct. Net. Yeah.
4: Yep. Yep. Sorry, ben, don't break. As long as, you're not, as long as you don't get on the end, get in the end zone, you're good in my book.
0: Um, Tony, I'll just say this. It's a dangerous way to live, man. It's a dangerous way to live. Well, Tony
4: likes to
2: live on the edge, Yes, he does. He doesn't mind. (laughs) I've
4: I've been told that by by quite a few people. But, hey, (laughs) then don't break. (laughs) Um, I I, I like a little bit of what I saw from Freddie Kitchens calling calling plays yesterday. But, I mean, also, you know, we're, we're missing almost all of our playmakers. Um, do you think that's sustainable to that's like moving forward? when we we get our playmakers back and healthy, um, do, do you feel that Freddie Kitchens calls? And I don't and I, I know I don't, don't want to throw you know Jason Garrett under the bus, but do you think do you feel like the the, the type of play calling that Freddie Kitchens had um, is, is going to work for us moving forward? And one one more question, and I'll take it off the air. Um, Nate Soldier, man, Jesus Christ, we got we got to figure out. I mean, maybe it's time to just. Throw Matt hurt in there and, and and just try something else. Because Nate Solder is just, man, the guy's robbing us blind. His, his paycheck's clear every week, and he kind of just trots out there. So, other than that, guys, I'll take it off the air. You guys stay safe. Go Giants.
0: Appreciate the call, man. Thanks so much. I'll just say very briefly on, on the play calling, and then we can get to Solder. I didn't think the play calling was a problem before. I don't think the play calling was much different at all this week. I thought maybe they didn't do as quite as much, you know, max protection and, and chipping than in past weeks, and they went to more of a spread a little more often than not. But overall, I, I didn't see that much of a difference because it's the same playbook, to be quite honest mm-hmm. with you guys.
3: And also remember, Freddie Kitchens this didn't just come off the street yesterday. He's been in the building. He's been in meetings. Yep. Collabor- they have a collaborative approach to putting game plans together. So he's had – you could tell – You know, he has had a part of the game plan going into all the games. So, you know, you see some of the trickeries. Those are probably designed by Freddie where where Jason Garrett ran some of them. I think it's more of just kind of getting comfortable with the way he calls plays and situational stuff on first and second down more more than anything is where I would hopefully see a difference because, I mean – Jason Garrett, typically on first down, he runs through, run, you know, just runs the ball up the middle every no, single
0: time. No, but he doesn't. Yes, he but, does. No, Jeff, do you want me to give you the stat?
2: No, we don't have enough time. No, I, I will look <laughs> it up, Lance. Go ahead. <laughs> um, well, okay, I'll let you guys work that out. What I was going to add was, with respect to the play calling, I agree with you, Jeff, in terms of, you know, people forget, you didn't bring somebody externally into the building to run the offense, okay? Freddie Kitchens has been on staff since 2020. That entire offensive stand stance meets Okay, so they all have a say. It's just Garrett on game day is obviously dictating the tone because he's the one deciding the order of plays and so forth. But I wanted to actually react to the last caller was pointing out, well, you know, they were missing virtually all of their playmakers. We really have to stop going into every game, guys, and having this conversation about they don't have this and when they bring this guy back, things are gonna dramatically change. First of all, life in the NFL, you gotta deal with the injury bug. Okay? There's gonna be ups and downs. Oh, but Lance, players matter though. Yeah, but hold on, but but John, hold on. They had Kenny Galladay, Darius. Slade in Evan room john ross Devontae booker and saquon barkley on the field at their disposal no, i'm true. sorry no, i'm true. not you know so, so i don't want to hear well sterling shepherd and Kadarius tony weren't there so therefore we can't run an offense and we can't score no no, points. no 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 that's okay fair. that's fair that's, that's fair. how that comes off that's guys. fair that's yes fair. tony could do things with the ball and short yardage and turn it into a big game i'm fine with that but i don't want to hear you know well when they get virtually all their playmakers back what was their chop liver on the field yesterday Playing against the Philadelphia Eagles? I mean, come on. Let's be realistic. And Andrew Thomas is back now. You've had him back now for two games. So, you know, I'm just tired of hearing about the Saviors coming off the bench. There's going to be guys that are going to be in and out of the lineup moving forward. That's the reality of the NFL.
0: All right, so I'm going to throw my two stats at you, Jeff. Okay. On first and tens this year, the Giants run the ball. I just lost it. here. Hold on. On first and tens this year, the Giants run the ball 42% of the time. Do you know how many teams run the ball— Less often than the Giants on first and 10? I don't know. Two. <laughs> Two. So 29 teams in the NFL run the ball on first down more often than the Giants do. It's okay. this just false idea that Jason Garrett didn't run a lot of play action on first down. He ran play action on first down all the time. Did it All work? the time. No, but I, but, that, but that, that wasn't the point. Maybe they should have ran it on first down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, goodness. I'd like to see that stat in, in uh, the red zone,
0: on first down, what he does in the red zone. Oh uh, Yeah, I don't have that in front of me. I can't help you there. Sorry. I can't get that specific. <laughs> Come on, John. <laughs> if you give me a minute, I might be able to figure it out. But um, and, and by the way, I, I can actually give you this one. So in terms of play action percentage on first down, The Giants run play action the third most frequently of any team in the league. 51%. Third most frequently. If you want to talk about not percentage raw numbers, do you want to know how many teams have run play action on first down more than the Giants this year? None! (laughs) More than none. (laughs) The number is zero. (laughs) What other team has run the same amount. That's the Chiefs. How many other teams have run... More play action than the Giants on first down this year? Zero teams. That's how many. And what is this offense ranked out of 32 teams? No, Regardless Jeff, of running I, it on first down no, or not? No, but Jeff, that's not the point. The complaint people have is that they're predictable and they run it all the time on first down. It's hogwash.
4: It's <laughs> well, factually okay, incorrect. If they don't,
3: okay, let me ask you this. So if they don't run the ball on first downs, like I, I think they do, and they— they throw the ball more than a lot of other teams and run play action. What is their first down production with those plays that they're running? The Giants' average first down production, I can give you that. Oh, it's bad. It's they're 25th in the league. So it doesn't matter if they're running or passing on first down. They're still not doing
0: anything. I'm I'm sorry, 19th in the league. No, but Jeff, my argument isn't that it's going well. (laughs) My argument (laughs) isn't that it's good. I I understand that. My argument is that what they're actually doing compared to what the perception is to what they're doing. That's all I'm saying. I I understand. Well, I
2: think this goes back to the premise that it's the play calling. That sole right. issue exactly. is exactly. what's held the offense back, Jeff. I think that's where that's this conversation where is going. kind of where I
3: wanted to go with it. Maybe I did the, the whole running. The, yeah, exactly. And that's the whole Freddie yeah. Kitchen thing, where you're going to see maybe difference in first and second down. Play calling. That's probably what I should have said. Right. Correct. Thank you. Not,
0: Thank no, no problem. Thank you. That's no, but and Jeff, get. I didn't mean to jump at you, but that is something I get oh, no, from John, fans I, on Twitter fine. like absolutely. all the time, no, because and it that, drives a lot me off the freaking wall. Yeah, absolutely. It drives me nuts because it's just not true. Yeah, no, I get it. I understand. I understand
3: the argument. Um, you proved your point.
0: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump <laughs> on you there, Jeff. I apologize. It's okay. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. All right, big boy here. Uh, we have we have we have three more calls here we want to get to before we say goodbye. Oh, did one of them drop off. All right, let's go to Robin Yonkers. He's up next. What's up, Rob?
6: Hi Rob. Hey, how you do? How you doing, guys? What's up, um, man? First time call, a long time listener. Oh, thanks for being part of the show, Rob. What's up? Um, I want to talk about the offensive line. Nate Soldier needs help on that side. Um, he, he's just terrible. He's like he's like the weak the weak link the weak link of that side, in which everyone already knows and we all talk about it. But it's like they, 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 whatever team we play they was put their best play on Nate Soldier.
0: Now Rob, I agree and I think the problem before is that you had to help pair it on the left side so Solo's a lot of times left one on one. so I agree you could help him on that side, but I will say this, and again this is not my personal rankings, simply looking at the way Pro Football Focus graded out the offensive line's performance in in this week's game, did you know that Nate Soldier was the Giants' best ranked pass blocker on the offensive line this week? He only allowed two two hurries. And no quarterback hits and no sacks?
6: Uh, that That's new news to me. and That's very good. That's new news.
0: Okay. Just saying. What
2: well, else, I what think, else I got, think that's also further evidence that there's issues across the board Correct. in terms of why they're not <laughs> running the ball effectively. And, it's and, not and, just and, necessarily one guy.
0: And quite frankly, I think, look, and look, Rob, I don't disagree. Nate Solder has not had a great year at offensive tackle. He's given up a lot of pressure. He's given up sacks. And could they help him and trip him over there more? No question. I'm not arguing with that point at all. But to Lance's point, I think, especially on the inside, there's been a lot of consistent issues there too.
2: Plus, Rob, before you make your other point, the other play where Alex Singleton was unblocked and ran right at Barkley, uh, from my knowledge, I don't think Solder was the one that obviously had the major issue on that play as to why Singleton had a clear path.
6: on um, that play, it definitely wasn't Nate Soldier's fault. Cause I, I actually seen it wasn't his fault. Yeah, but it's just on basically other prior plays, or other games. He he's always the main issue. Like I, I was actually at the Panthers game. I had great seats, and I just I kept telling my fiance, I'm like just watch number seven six Nate Soldier. I just kept even though we won, I just kept watching him get beat every other play. I'm like I was like he's killing us right now. Soldier Soldier struggled
0: side. in the Panthers game. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, <laughs> his left side is his worst side. If on the right side he does better but you can't put you can't put him on the left side and I'm glad Andrew Thomas is back.
0: We all are. What else you got for us, Rob?
6: <laughs> and, and and the red zone, we need to do better. Seriously, we need to do better. Yep. Like we we that can be the we understatement can, we can of the year. Score, <laughs> we, 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 can score, we can score more points and we can beat teams by more points if we just do better in the red zone. That's it. We can't we can't keep doing field goal, field goal, field goal, then one touchdown. No, look,
0: you're Rob. Look, I don't think you're, anyone you're, disagrees. You're with that. a thousand percent right. I think the the, the better question is, Rob, how, how do you think they go about doing better? <laughs> yeah. Run the ball, running
3: the football. That's the yes, the, yes. The, if yes,
6: if, if you're inside, if you're inside the, you're 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 a red zone. You have to run that ball. And you, listen, yep. you have you have Booker and you and you have Saquon. The offensive line has to. Open up a hole for them, and and they got to do their work to get in there. We I say we can't keep going field goal, field goal, field goal. It's the next game is Dolphins. Dolphins have been playing good for it, I guess these past two games. So now we now we know we have to play better than them.
3: Hey, the bottom line here is. The offensive line, guys. I mean, there's nothing else more to talk about. It's that this is where it starts. I mean, it's just the trickle down effect for everything that we we have described and people to call in about the, the red zone. We need to do this. We need to do that. By the way, the Giants wanted Matt Parrott to be the right starting right tackle. That didn't work out. They, so they tried
2: was, to hand him the job. Uh, absolutely. In camp. So they could remember have. he had the back issue too. Sure. In
3: By, camp. But yeah. the thing about it is, guys, is that if you cannot have your offensive line. Win, and you can't run the football. You can't do anything offensively. I mean, come on, it's just you got all these weapons around you. And on paper, this team—if we were blind and, and really wasn't watching much football—and we decided somebody to tell us who's on this team, we'd be like, "Wow, oh my God, look at all these weapons you have!" But you have the offensive yeah. line struggles.
6: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Cause if you think about it, if you, out of 32 teams, if they do say Giants have the most weapons, we have like all the big names out of all. Out of, out, of offensive line, out, of, out of offense, we have, like, the most weapons out of all the teams, and we just have the one of the worst records out of that. It's just weird the way it went.
0: Thank you, Rob. Appreciate the call, my man. Look, and you do have a lot of weapons, but, again, this kind of goes back to the point we were making about Philadelphia, right, guys? Where if you can't challenge teams with the run game and take advantage of soft boxes, all teams are going to do is focus on your passing game. They're going to keep those safeties deep. They're going to double-team guys they want to double-team because they have no fear of you running the ball out them. None. And until that changes, it's going to be a lot more difficult to pass the ball, especially make big plays. And even with number 26 in your
3: backfield, nobody really respects it anyways. I mean, because you get one big play out of Saquon for 32 yards, but then what do you get the rest of the day?
0: Well, yeah def- the big, what? non-deep, dark secret, no, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, the, I was going to say, don't... No,
2: I agree <laughs> I with you. I thought you were coming no, at me again. No, 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 The <laughs> No. Jeff, the, would you like to debate what they do on second down? <laughs> do for the, <laughs> the, the
0: very big, non-deep, dark secret is that it doesn't matter who the running back is if you don't have an offensive line blocking for him. Right, right. And I you know, and I, I like, and I think
3: a lot of people will agree with me, and when you look at uh, Booker and the way that he hits that hole... Um. Look at that Raider game, the way that they ran the football that way. You know, just there's there's a certain thing that, you know, timing. And those holes are because of the offensive line, um, you know, and they're they're struggling. But, you know, when they do open up holes, they close quickly. And so when you have somebody that dances around and doesn't hit the holes, Booker hits the holes. He's a north and south guy. He'll get you some, some good yardage. But, you know, the dancing around just doesn't work all the time.
2: Yeah. Well, and also when you have penetration as soon as the handoff comes. Yep with you can't blame four that four like guys up front. Exactly. Well, But that's another reason why the Eagles, they're daring the Giants to run. They're like, guys, we want you to run the entire game. <laughs> We'd be more than content because we know we don't have to bring an extra guy into the box. Our guys up front will win the battle. And I'll give you an example on the opposite end of the spectrum involving the Eagles where it came back to bite them. When they played Dallas earlier this season on Monday night, their philosophy was very similar where they had two high safeties early in that game and they basically they were telling Dallas run the ball. Dallas said, "Sure, we'd be more than happy to run the ball." And the offensive line stuffed the ball down the throats of the defensive front for the Eagles, and they ran it, and they ran it, and they built that early lead, and then the Eagles eventually had to adjust. So the Eagles have had this philosophy before, but the difference between Dallas and the Giants is the Giants saw firsthand earlier this season is the Cowboys can run the ball effectively. So when you have that resource, you can get away with not having to worry about a huge passing day at the office. The Giants right now – If they were able to run the ball and pose a threat consistently, now you'd force teams to adjust. The Giants are not forcing teams to adjust in terms of the ground attack.
0: Yeah, So the same thing two weeks ago when Indianapolis played Buffalo, right? Where Buffalo, their general scheme on defense is that they want to try to force opponents to run the ball on them. And the Colts said, oh, okay, here's Jonathan Taylor (laughs) for about 30 carries. We're going to run for 200 bills on you. Uh, no pun intended, and they're just gonna run the ball on you. And and when the teams play those deep coverages, that's if you want to win yeah. against those deep coverages, guys. We were talking about this. You probably don't even remember. You Remember back in like 2016 with Eli Manning towards the end of his career, and they just teams were running out two safeties against the Giants. And the Giants are trying to run it with Rashad Jennings getting like two and a half yards per carry. You think teams gave two? You know what's about that? Nope. No, they just weren't gonna let Odell Beckham Jr. beat them. And yep. Sterling Shepard beat them. It's, it's, it's the same deal. It's
2: you the have same to deal. make teams pay. Yeah, you have to. You have to make them regret their choice and force them to adjust. And that right now is a big missing element. And it's a copycat league. You know, Jeff, you were talking about sometimes teams outthink each other. The one thing, though, that I don't think they outthink each other is I guarantee you, if you ask defensive quarters, if we got them together at the end of the season and we said, how much did you pretty much look at what every other team's done and say, unless the Giants can run the ball down our throat, we're pretty much going to try to adopt a similar approach? I guarantee you most defensive coordinators at least have picked up on that theme. You know, whether or not they were effective in executing it may be a different story. But they absolutely see that trend. They're daring the Giants to run the ball, no matter who the back is. Yep.
0: 201 939 I'm sorry, Jeff. You got something real quick before we no, get to the next no, call? No, that's a great point. Thank you, Lance. All right, let's go to Cliff in New that's York. That's what I'm here for. He's going <laughs> to wrap this up. Glad Cliff, what's help. going on? <laughs>
7: Hi, thanks for taking my call. Good. I appreciate everything you guys do. I thought the Eagles respected our, uh, our um, red zone defense, and I don't think they thought they could win the game without scoring on passing plays. And I think that it was a great identity-building game for us with the, with the physical, tough, and resilient, and, and those kinds of qualities tend to make it hard on quarterbacks to make accurate throws and for receivers to complete catches. What and was it about, even, Cliff,
0: the way we play defense that you thought was particularly tough and physical?
7: In the in the secondary. Okay, in game. the secondary. Okay. That's fair. And, and uh, uh, I, I don't think there was much separation for Hertz to look at. I'd like to know if there was. And uh, I don't think Rager necessarily comes down with that catch and completes that catch at the end. I, I think A-Rob had really good position on him, and he was going to get jostled pretty good. And uh, I just think that... Um, we, we really built something that doesn't show up. I remember back in the 80s and in the 00s when, uh, when, I was, when my team started to get better and was moving towards those Super Bowl runs, I was wishing for us to, uh, to start having uh, some high-flying offense, and we didn't. But then we finally did. You know, Phil Sims finally got some receivers, and so did Eli, and we had that kind of offense. But we were already a winning team before that happened, so I'm not terribly impatient about the offense.
2: Well, Cliff, as far as your point about the Eagles maybe were a little bit concerned about the Giants' red zone defense, on the one that they actually scored the touchdown, it was first and ten at the Giants' 14. They ran the ball three times and scored. I think, and I listened to Nick Sirianni. I know Jeff was commenting. He listened to the same presser. He was explaining what went wrong on that final possession of the first half, and It was partially Jalen Hurts trying to stuff it into an area where there was nowhere to go. He should have thrown it away. They probably would have got a field goal. And they ran once on that play because he said they ran a very similar play earlier in the season in a red zone situation where they had success. So I don't know. I mean, once again, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just I don't necessarily see it from the same perspective. I think they got away from what worked effectively consistently throughout the game because the one touchdown they had, they pounded the football in that red zone. They were not shying away from running the ball there.
7: Right, right. But going into the game, I was thinking they would run all over the field and only score field goals, and we would score at least one touchdown and a few field goals with Gano, and that would be enough. And that was almost what happened. The – I, I, I liked what Julian said. That quote from Julian at the end was really important for me to understand what was going on. I thought he 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 said that uh, they wanted them to throw. They they when when Hurts sure. comes up to the line, I don't know I don't know if they were calling if he was calling uh, audibles or not. But um, uh, the, Julian said the plan on defense was was to was to encourage them to throw, and they did, you know. Yeah, so that would be the other end of it. I, don't, I just didn't think it was that mysterious. I, I'm just glad I'm not a Philly fan today.
2: <laughs> no, and, and you're absolutely on point with that. Uh, they clearly they got Hurts to throw 31 times, and then as Thank John you. pointed out, there was the sack too. So you absolutely want that number that high. Because he now barely you know threw 30 times previously.
3: Maybe then they, they got to play him again to they try
2: to make him throw again. <laughs> try to make him throw 40 <laughs> times. I mean, guys, I don't know if you, you know, I'm sure obviously you looked at the numbers like me. But, I mean, look at these games prior to the Giants game. Against Detroit, he threw 14 times. Against yeah. the Chargers, he threw 17. Against the Broncos, 23. And against the Saints, 24. So the thirty-one pass attempts was as many or near as many as he threw back on October twenty-fourth. You got to go wow. at Las Vegas when he threw thirty-four times. It's been nearly a month since he had that many throws,
3: and and, and even in, they they don't throw for over two hundred yards. He threw for one hundred and fifty something yesterday, right? I mean, and he going threw for one twenty-nine, one twenty-nine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's unheard of in a National Football League anymore. One hundred and twenty-nine yards throwing. Wow, I mean, yeah. You would think they only had like six possessions. You know? <laughs> but, well, they actually technically did. Well, they only, catch, had, four. Remember, they only had four. When I went through all those really. numbers, yeah, yeah. they had six turnovers. Yeah, so, yeah, I
2: mean, they really yeah. had four. Yeah. All right,
0: guys. Any final thoughts before we say goodbye here? No, great
3: win out of the Giants against the Eagles. Finally. You know, two in a row and three at home, by the way,
2: guys. So that's right. Yeah, Panthers, Raiders, and Eagles now.
3: Howard and I particularly love when the Giants win at home for our post post game in the <laughs> coaches' club. Three in a club. row, baby. <laughs> I wonder why, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Although Howard yesterday was hurting, boy, because he had that game the night before with uh, Alabama and Auburn, and then this game yesterday, he was like, "I got to get <laughs> home and have a beer." I'll tell you, he was – Wait, was, was like, Howard at that game, though, or he was just watching him? He was just watching He it, was just, just watching I mean, okay. him. Yeah, I'm that surprised he think.
0: wasn't having a beer in the coaches' club, to be quite honest. <laughs> it with was you. close <laughs> to, to it. To be honest. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but that was a tough one for him yesterday and the yeah, day he before. he had to sweat it out, yeah. Yeah thank you, John. All
0: right, guys. Yep. Good stuff. We'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. I promise I won't yell at Jeff next time. <laughs> thank you for oh, being I, with I enjoy party? it. Oh, do you really? <laughs> oh, Yo, yeah. Uh, really. It's good to know. I'm going to yell at you more often then. <laughs> for Lance Meadow and Jeff Eagles, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you Tuesday for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here at 1230 on Giants.com and the Giants Mobile App. Have a great day. We'll see you then.